Today we're going to talk about balance in life, work, and love. Let's first start out with talking about what balance really is. So balance in the Cambridge and Oxford dictionaries, English dictionaries, are, um, is defined as, as follows. It's the condition of someone or something whose weight is equally divided so that it can stay in one position or be in control while moving. Balance in a work of art means that all parts of it work together and no part is emphasized too much. A balance is also the amount of something that you have left after you've spent or used up the rest. Balance is also putting opposing forces into a position where neither controls the other. It's a situation in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. It is mental or emotional stability. And my favorite, it is harmony of design and proportion. Oh, wait, there's one more. Balance is also the regulating device in a clock or watch. So I'm going to tie this back to these definitions and meanings back to how each of these shows up in life and work and love. So the condition of someone or something where the weight is equally divided so you can stay in one position or be in control while moving. Wow, so life has a lot of moving parts and people in it, right? And are we equally dividing all of those moving parts in our life? That's my question related to that definition. Am I bringing equal equality and equal, a feeling and sense of equal in all things in my life, all of these moving parts in my life. The next one, balance in a work of art, the definition meaning that all parts of it work together and no part is emphasized too much. I used to emphasize my work life way more than my, my whole life. Like my work was my life. And, you know, that worked for me for a while until it didn't. Then I felt like I was not, uh, my weight was not equally divided and my life was moving and I was moving, but I didn't feel balanced, right? And so that leads me to a question for you. Is any part of your life or people in your life or any people in your life emphasized too much in contrast with other areas of your life. A balance is also the amount of something that you have left after you have spent or used up the rest. My question to you there is, are you spent at the end of the day? Like, do you have no energy, no time, no ability to communicate, connect, no time for you. I mean, I don't know what that looks like for you, but are you spent at the end of the day or at any point in a day? And if so, look at the other um, two points and questions that I asked. Are you emphasizing too much in any areas? And the second question I have for you is, is there any amount of time, energy, um, uh, focus, Whatever that something is that you don't have any left, how much do you leave for you? How much of a balance is left for you at any given time in a day?
the next definition, to put opposing forces into a position in which neither controls the other. That one's really powerful when I look at this notion called life-work balance. There's so much being that's been written about life-work balance. There's so many um, courses that you can take, different people who give advice about life-work balance. And I just, I don't prescribe to any of those. They didn't work for me. Um, granted, I haven't taken all of them. All I know is they, that the ones that I did didn't work for me, and here's why. I didn't look at all of this defi- these definitions of balance that I'm sharing with you now and bringing application into your life with into a way, into a space where one didn't control the other. So what do I mean by that? I want to repeat the definition to put opposing forces into a position in which neither controls the other. My work controlled my life. I made the choice and allowed that to happen. And so I would bring work home. I would take work to lunch if I even took a lunch. Um, If I took breaks, it was about work. I was consumed with the stuff that was going on at work. That's all I talked about with my family and my friends. Um, You know, and that went on for, for when I was younger for many years. And then most recently, I was consumed by a very difficult, uh, difficult time in the workplace. And it just consumed me. So that's a clue of imbalance. So I had the choice of bringing those two opposing forces, my life, my life, and this component of my life called work into a position where they didn't control the other. And so I allowed my job and the situation at work to control all of my time Um, all of my mind, you know, my mind and my emotions. And so my question to you is, is there any area of your life or individuals in your life where you feel out of balance or out of control? And if so, take a look at where the imbalance is. It could be time. It could be an imbalance of uh, your, your energy and what you're giving It could be that you're not receiving anything. Um, I don't know what that is. Only you can answer that. Balance is also a situation where different elements are equal or in the correct portions or proportions. And so this notion of balance and why I say life-work balance is not possible is because balance and being balanced is really a feeling. And it's different for everybody. It's not the same. And so teaching a methodology or a course or a program that prescribes to a single formula didn't work for me because for me, balance is a feeling and it's a feeling derived from a state of being based on the choices that I make for what I put in my life and my experiences in life. And they either feel good or they don't. And when things are feeling good, and I'm feeling good, and my relationships feel good, then that that is in it of itself balance. And then that creates a state of joy. And that's, that's how I relate to balance. And so when things feel wonky, or you're not, you know, you're not feeling balanced, it's really taking a look at the things that you put in your life. And how much, you know, what percentage of of your life they consume. And then looking at ways to bring more of an equal, 
equal proportion to it, right? So maybe for you, uh, work is 40% because really, you know, we're committed to an eight hour day. How many of us put in 10, 20, you know, 10, 15, 16 hours each day? Um, I know this is a mind shift and I've, I've certainly made it now. I get what I need done in eight hours in a day. I have removed all of the distraction. Um, I start to plan. I, I plan my day. I plan before I leave. I plan first thing in the morning and my days are pretty fluid now. And I invite you to do the same when things are, when you look at your life and all that's in it, I want you to put a percentage next to it number as to what percent of your life is consumed in this area. And then I want you to look at, um, where you can bring all of those percentages into equal proportions. So I started on this track of maybe your work life is 40%. Maybe it's eight or 10 hours a day. Maybe you're somebody who only needs four hours of sleep. So you've got another 10 hours. I'm just using this as an example. You've got another 10 hours of your life. What are you going to design? And what are you go, where are you going to put the rest of that? those percentages? You've got 60% left, right? Maybe 20 or 10% of that is sleeping. My percentage for sleep is really higher. <laughs> um, those of you who know me know I value my sleep and my rest. I, I'm able to bring my best when I am rested. So list all of the things in your life and the areas in your life, group them together um, in however you'd like to. Um, maybe it's, you know, work and life. Maybe it's work, life, family. Um, I kind of prefer the work and life to start with as categories and look at the things that are in it and the percentages um, that you would allocate to it as a general thing, not, not from a day-to-day -day thing. And then... Take a look at where you're weighing um, your percentages higher. I find that a lot of people put a lot more percent of their energy, thoughts, you know, mental energy, emotions into work. Um, and this is a very telling exercise. I'm going to talk about the next two now. Harmony of design and proportion and the regulating device in a clock or watch as definitions or meanings of balance. Harmony of design and proportion is very powerful. Like you are the creator. You get to design and you get to portion out what's in your life and, and what you bring to it. And quite frankly, you are harmony. Um, you can choose to create and have harmony. Those are my dogs playing in the background. Um, they are just having a big time uh, doggy sparring. I wish you could see them. But I'm sure you can hear a bit of that. All right, so back to harmony of design and proportion. You get to design your life. You are the cho cho choice maker um, as to what you portion, um, you know, portion out and, and, and how you bring yourself to your life. You are the regulating device in your life. Now, before I dive into the two powerful self-love tools and give you a couple of other questions to think about and your one step to take, your one powerful step to take to uh, create the feeling and have the feeling of balance in your life by your own design and your own choice, I want to talk about this notion called personas. Personas are the aspect of character that are presented to or perceived by those in your life and potentially perceived by you. There are also roles or characters created and adopted by authors or actors. But here's the deal. We also in our lives have multiple personas. 
And I find it fascinating and interesting um, to watch and observe these different hats that people wear and how dissected they are. I'll give you an example. How many of you know or can think of someone who you um, know at work and then had the opportunity to see them in their own environment? Maybe it's at home, maybe it's a part at a party, and you saw two different people. Maybe, maybe more than that, but I'm going to stick to two. Well, that is kind of like kind of what I'm talking about. These are two different characters, yet they're the same person, and and you're maybe maybe even find it puzzling. How many of you have heard someone say, oh my gosh, this person is so wonderful when you get them out of work, but at work they're like this. I invite you to take a look at areas in your life where you show up as one person and a persona and other areas where you show up as a different persona. I have to tell you from my own experience, having more than one persona in me is exhausting. It was so exhausting Um, The unintended consequences were poor health over time. It may take years, in some cases decades, to see the and realize and feel the unintended consequences. I feel like having different personas in all of our areas of our life um, creates a lack of balance because it takes a lot of energy to not be who we are all the time. Now, This may be really hard for some of you who are listening today. It was hard for me. Like I went through this period where I thought, how can I be who I am with everyone in my life outside of my family and then show up as who I am with my family? Like that was really unfathomable to me. And I made the choice to show up as who I am. It was hard at first because I had many years of practiced behavior to show up as how they wanted me or how I perceived they wanted me to show up as. And I had to make the shift to show up as who I am and to share when comments were made about, oh, you're so quiet these days or you're so this or I'm shocked that you, you do that or say that. I would have to learn. I had to learn to manage those comments and say things like, I understand, I am so sorry, but how I used to be is not who I am. And this is who I am. Now it's, I'm at the point where I don't have to say anything. There's no need to draw attention to it. Now if people make comments like that, I usually just say, wow, thank you so much for noticing. Thank you for sharing. And then I'm quiet and I move on about whatever, or go to the next thing or Um, Make another statement about something else. It's a deflecting technique, definitely, but it's also a very powerful technique so that we don't get into self-criticism or self-deprecation mode when somebody else makes a comment because you're showing up as different from what they expect. To be you, I invite you to collapse all these personas into a whole you because dividing who you are up into proportions is unhealthy, I believe, and creates the lack of balance. Also, um, okay, wait, before I go there, I'm going to talk about the two powerful love tools, self-love tools that you have at your disposal anytime you want. And the first tool is you. 
And the second tool is your calendar schedule or planner, whatever word resonates for you. For me, it's a planner. For me, it is my life design planner. My question for you related to your planner and you is, are you making you a priority in your own life? Are you putting yourself first as you schedule everything and plan everything and do everything and show up in everything and everyone's life? I believe that when you focus on you and make you a priority, meaning what's important to you, what do you value, what's going to bring the best out in you, what's going to have you show up as your best self as you plan and do and take actions in your life each and every moment and each and every day, that your life then comes into balance. Naturally, it is a byproduct of you making you and what's important to you a priority. The second part of this is your calendar, your planner, and your schedule. Many, 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 many of us schedule and plan for our work. We have calendars for our businesses or our work or for our children and their activities. How many of us really schedule ourselves? I'm not talking about doctor's appointments. I'm talking about things or or things that you have to do. I'm talking about things like my naps. I schedule my naps. They're in my calendar. I can choose to take them or I can choose not to on that day. I can choose to do other things, but my nap is scheduled every day. That is time that I want in my life and want the luxury of having, and I do that. I will tell you that since it's been on my calendar every day, I'm finding I am taking less naps, fewer naps. And I believe the reason why is because of everything I'm sharing with you that I've applied in my own life. So get your planner out and schedule you. Because I believe that what gets scheduled gets your focus, gets your attention, and gets your love. Schedule you as a priority and schedule the things and people that are important in your life as a priority. An area that I find that, um, especially for business owners and people who are really career, you know, focused on their career, um, and many others as well, may not be may not be making time or finding that they have time for the people that are important in their lives. So I am a big fan in the work, and I, I use this with the work that I do with couples. I uh, move in with couples to help save their marriage. Yes, I said that uh, correctly. I do move in with them. And we uh, spend a lot of time talking about different things, but what I find over the years is that couples tend to not make time for each other. It's not intentional. Um, It's just that life is happening, and they're not choosing and making their life happen. We just go about our lives and just go with the day and allow whatever happens to happen, as opposed to us being the creator, the chooser, um, and the designer of what's in our life in that day and in that moment. That subtle mind shift and energy shift is very powerful. If you'd like to make that shift, contact me at drdar.com. I'm more than happy to share more. So making time and scheduling time with your your, um, significant others and your children is really important. We schedule time for our work and our businesses. Why wouldn't we do that for the people that are important to us as well? Have a 30-minute 
connection, uh, connection time that's sacred for you and your significant other every day. My husband and I talk every day at about 4 or 4.30 in the afternoon. And then usually at least one more time, it's our connect time. It's sacred to me. It is a habit. <clears throat> I invite you to do the same. All right, so back to the what gets scheduled, gets your focus, gets your attention, and gets love. You're one step today, and please do this when you're not driving or, <clears throat> excuse me, i got a frog in my throat. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you're one step today. If you're driving, please do this later. Take care of your own safety. But what I'd like you to think about and do each and every moment, um, actually not each and every moment, once in the morning and once in the evening for your life and for your work once in the morning and before you leave for your day, is to get your planner out and plan your priorities based on the values um, and the feel-good, what's going to create a feel-good feel outcome for you and everyone else involved. That's, that's how I prioritize. Even at work, it's like, you know, if there's something that has to be taken care of, I look at it and go, okay, this is an urgent emergency, maybe, to others. Okay, what's going to be the best feel-good outcome for my customers and for, for um, my coworkers? And then I plan that way. Oh, I, I need to have a meeting to talk about this. Or um, I need to get together with this person to talk about this. But it's all based on that feeling good space. At home, do the same thing. Plan you time first. I schedule my naps. My husband and I have scheduled time together. So schedule you time first, then schedule the, the time for those you love, and it be a regular, consistent time that you connect. If it's important to you and sacred to you, there won't be any reasons why you don't make that time and that scheduled time with those people. Yes, there'll be exceptions, but those exceptions should not be the norm. It is your sacred time with the person that you love or the people that you love and who love you and the sacred time for yourself. Then schedule the to-dos around that. Like I said, I schedule based on what's going to create a feel-good outcome for everybody involved, including myself. If you don't have a planner, I have one that I highly recommend. It's Daniel Laporte's planner. And the reason why I've, I just always gravitate to that one is, one, the paper just feels delightful. It's, it's very um, tactile. And secondly, it's simple. It's, it doesn't allow me to pack a lot of stuff into a day. It allows me to focus on what feels good, and it connects me to feeling as opposed to doing. And it was instrumental in me shifting from a state of doing, 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 get it done, get it done, get it done, to a space of feeling good while doing. Please remember this. You are powerful, and you have two powerful tools, and those tools are you and your planner. If you want help with bringing balance into any area of your life, if you feel wonky in any area of your life or you're struggling with balancing everyone and everything in your life, please contact me. I would love for you to feel good and have this feeling of balance in your life.